Good morning. Good to see each and every one of you. So the reason why I said don't dismiss the children yet, and I probably should have explained this a bit better beforehand, usually we do at this time, but I would like to invite the children to come on up here. I have an object lesson. I know it's Labor Day weekend. I'm not sure who's all going to be here, but if you are uh, interested, come on up here and we can have you come sit over in this area. Okay, so I'm inviting the children on up this way here. And if you are up, I mean, I'll take, well, up to fifth grade, how about, okay? Um, We're going to find out what is in this sack over here. All right, come on up. Good to see you guys. There we go. All right, why don't you guys come on up this way here and you can grab a seat on these stairs. There we go. Good job, guys. <laughs> okay. All right. I don't want to get in the way. I want them to be able to see you guys, too. You guys see that I brought my um, Winco sack along again? I occasionally do this, don't I? It's fun to bring this along. Before we find out what's in here, I brought a Bible along. I brought two Bibles with me this week. I have a lot of Bibles, but I brought this Bible with me. This is called the NIV Adventure Bible uh, for children, okay? And um, it reads just the same as mine. It's just that this one's all black, and this one is kind of cool because I like all the things that are in here, and it's kind of made for kids, okay? So here's what I would like to do. Can I have someone who is fine? You'd say, I'm okay to read. I have one verse I would like someone to read. Is there someone who would be willing to read? Zephan, you want to read? Okay, I'm going to have you read Psalm 103, verse 12. You see that one there? Transgressions. Yeah, that's a big word. Excellent job there, Zephan. Okay, so for anyone out here, if you did not hear this, it was saying, as far as the west is from the east or the east is from the west, so far God has removed our transgressions from us. Does anyone know what transgressions are? Anyone know what transgressions are? It's our sin. Things that we do that um, either we say or think, um, do say or think things that don't please God, okay? Um, A couple other questions I have for you this morning would be this here, and I need to find this underneath my, uh, my wife put some music on here. That's great, but I've got some notes down here. Um, Question for you guys. Have you ever done something that you know you shouldn't do? (laughs) Have you ever done something you know you shouldn't do? Yeah, I have too. I've done things I know I shouldn't do, and then I I, I don't feel that good. How does it make you feel? Does it make you feel kind of bad? A little bit sad or a bit guilty? Maybe a bit shameful? No. (laughs) I just do it. I I do what's wrong, and I'm okay with it. As we get older, eventually we start to think, oh, maybe I shouldn't have done that. 
If you hit someone, you cry. Oh, you don't ever hit. Good. He's he's good. He doesn't ever hit. <laughs> um, if you've done something wrong, have you ever had to say the words, these words, I'm sorry? I'm sorry? Let me ask you, was it hard to say the words, I'm sorry? Maybe a little bit hard. Sometimes we don't want to, but after you said, I'm sorry, did it make you feel better? I know the times where I've done something wrong and then I go and I say, I'm sorry. It makes me feel a lot better. Well, let's find out what's in here, okay? I'll take five guesses. What do you think's in here? Candy. candy. We're always hoping for candy. We're just, we just want candy. Okay, there's no candy in here. Not, not yet. A dog. A dog. Let me look. Ruff, ruff. Oh, maybe so. Nope. Uh, let's see. Zayden, what do you think? Um, food. food. Ooh, we're getting close. Kind of, Okay. Good. Oh, smart. Something that teaches us about the Bible. Carson, what's that? Bread. That's a good guess. No bread. All right, let's find it. That's, that's five, I believe. Let's find out what's in here. I brought water. Okay, a bottle of water. I brought some, some towels because they're going to be needed for me in a little bit here. I, bought, I uh, brought with me some, some soap. Okay, this is some dish soap. I actually had to go to the Dollar Tree last night at 9 o'clock because we were out. Uh, well, we, had, we have good soap, and I thought, I don't want to use Norwex on, on this object lesson. Let's go to the Dollar Tree and use the cheap stuff. So I, I got that. Okay, and then I've got a little bowl here. And I've got some pepper. And I've got a plate. Okay. I'm going to put the plate over here. And then I am going to move this so that you can hopefully kind of see it. Now, if we were a really high-tech church, we would have a, a video camera here zoomed in so that you all could see it. We don't have that, so you're just going to have to imagine what's going on here, okay? What I'm doing is pouring some water on this plate, okay? And I'm going to use the pepper. Do you guys like pepper? Yes, some of you like it. Some of you don't like it. Okay, I'm going to use some pepper. Now, in an object lesson, these things here are supposed to represent something, okay? So the pepper is going... Do you have a guess, Leah, what it... Sin. Good. (laughs) Excellent. This is going to represent sin, and I'm going to put it over here all over the water, okay? Now, I want you guys to actually stand up, um, and I want you, don't touch the plate, but I want you to be able to see this, okay? Now, the Bible tells us that all of us sin, okay? We all, we all sin. We all do things that displease God, okay? Um, It's just, it's how it, it's how it works, okay? Okay? But the Bible also tells us that our sins can be forgiven. So I'm going to use some of the soap here, and I'm going to put this soap in this bowl, okay? And then I want to hear from you guys. The Bible tells us how our sins can be forgiven. How are our sins forgiven? Yeah, Zephan? Yeah, through Jesus, okay? Believing in Jesus. So this soap here, I'm going to just dip my finger in the soap, 
And I want you to watch what happens here, okay? I'm going to take my finger, and we're going to say that this is receiving Jesus as our Savior. Can you guys see the plate here? Watch what happens to the pepper. Whoa, it actually already went. Did you see what happened? What happened? It went away. Now, now, what happened is the pepper actually went quickly to the outside of the plate, didn't it? It all just went. The, think about the verse that we read, that, that Zephan read. He said, how you read it, it was, as far as the east is from the west, so God removes our sins from us. Do you, go, do you guys realize that no matter what your age is, no matter if you're the age of Leif down here, all the way up to all of us here, our sins can be forgiven, and they can be forgiven from Jesus. Jesus is the one who forgives our sins. Isn't that wonderful that Jesus is willing to forgive our sins? He will do that, and he will remove our sins as far as the east is from the west. I'm not sure if you've thought about that. That's really far away. Because east and west, they, don't, they, don't, they just don't meet. They don't meet. And so God takes our sins and he forgives them completely. Remember that, all right? You guys did a great job listening. You guys can, if, you're, if your families are okay with it, you can be dismissed to children's church if you are ages three on up through second grade, okay? You guys can head back. Thank you. You did a... Then if, you're, if your dad is okay with it, you can head on back with Mrs. Kelsey, okay, for Children's Church. Good job, guys. <laughs> All right. While they're heading back, I want us to think about about forgiveness. Because what is true for children is equally true for us, isn't it? Um, I I love the truth of, um, I love the, the simple truths for children because they apply to us as well. I want you to consider this morning with me. Creator God. This morning we talked about the thunder. We talked about God's power. Creator God desires a relationship with me and you. He pursues us. And he is in pursuit of each of us. God, creator God, who is perfect and holy, reaches down to you and me, who are anything but perfect and holy. We're just, we're not. And yet God longs for a relationship with us. What did God do? To allow us to have a relationship with him. He sent Jesus. Jesus walked among us. He lived a perfect life. And then he went to the cross. He died on the cross for our sin. So that we could have life 
with God our Father. He was willing to reconcile us back to the Father. A familiar verse, perhaps the most familiar verse in the Bible is John 3.16. For God so loved the world. Isn't it easy for us to just hear that and just keep on going? God so loved people. God so loved Noah. God so loved Janita. God so loved Tim. God so loved Brian. Sue Ann. Brenda. You, you can put your name in there. God loved us. You know, it, it's, it's so easy for us to hear the truth that God loves the world and all the billions of people in the world and to forget that that's personal, that means that he loves me. God so loved me that he did something about it. He gave his one and only son. Who is that? It's Jesus. That he gave his one and only son, Jesus, that whoever would believe in him, who? Jesus, would have everlasting life. We can have forgiveness, and we are going to, in just a moment, take communion. This table reminds us that we can be forgiven. Forgiveness begins with belief. Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. You want forgiveness? It begins with belief. Acts 16.31, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. Romans 10.9, if you confess with your heart, Jesus is, is Lord, and, or confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Forgiveness begins with belief. What do you believe? Your belief matters. This table reminds us, takes us to what is central in our belief. It's Jesus. That forgiveness is found in Jesus. I trust that, that you come to this table perhaps... Boy, isn't it just the truth that we can just, as people, we saw the kids up here, pretty innocent, and the older we get, the heavier the weight of sin is on us. There is now no condemnation for those who are in Jesus Christ. I want you today though you may not feel worthy to understand that God sees you as being forgiven if your faith is in Jesus. Forgiveness begins with belief. What do you believe? If your belief is in Jesus, 
then you can have forgiveness. And whenever we feel the weight of sin, because as followers of Jesus, there is this part of us that says, God, this last week, I don't know that I am, I can't say that everything I did is exactly what I should have done. There are things I'm guilty for. There's, there's ways I responded to a spouse. There's ways I responded to my kids or to a parent that were maybe not the best. And God reminds us that because our belief, our faith is in Jesus, we can be forgiven. If you confess your sins, God is faithful and just and will forgive you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Our sins can be forgiven. I'd like to invite those who are serving communion to come up at this time. As they come... um, I want to just let you know that as, as we take communion here, we're going to ask that you would take the bread. We'll begin with the bread first, and then we'll, we'll serve the juice. I'm going to ask that you would hang on to it, that you would hold on to it, and then we're going to take this together. But this is a time for us to remember that we can be forgiven. And so the question that you might ask yourself this morning is, have I been forgiven? Have I been forgiven by God? And if there is anyone that would say, I don't think I have been forgiven by God, then recognize that faith in Jesus is where you go. I understand that Jesus came. He died on the cross in my place. I'm the one that's guilty. But Jesus went there for me. He went there for me to take my sin, your sin away. And by recognizing that and by asking him to forgive me of my sin and placing my faith in him, that is the beginning of belief. And in that, we find that Jesus is willing to forgive us of our sins. Forgiveness feels good. Forgiveness feels good. It's just like when I was asking, have you said I'm sorry? After you say, I'm sorry, and there's that prideful part in us that I don't want to say, I'm sorry. And then once we do, it feels so much better. That's the truth of the gospel. God wants you to feel so much better. We do that when we come in faith to him and recognize him. We're going to distribute this. I encourage you as you take the bread and as you get the the cup again, hang on to it until we come back together. But I would encourage you just to talk to God. A pastor, a friend of mine that I respect a lot told me, Nathan, far more happens in the hearts and minds of people in a church service than we have any idea. Because this is your opportunity to talk to God. This is your opportunity to talk to your Heavenly Father. And he is your heavenly father if you have placed your faith in Jesus. You talk to him. You communicate with him. If there is something that the Lord would bring to your mind and say, this is something you need to seek forgiveness in, seek forgiveness knowing that God will forgive you. I trust that you have bread. This bread reminds us of the body which was broken. For us. This bread reminds us that our sins can be forgiven through Jesus.
1 Corinthians 11, verse 25 says, For I received from the Lord what I passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it. And he said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Take the bread and remember Christ's sacrifice. Scripture goes on and says, in the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, this cup is a new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. Take the cup. Be thankful. Be thankful that we have forgiveness of sin. Father, I thank you for this table Thank you for this time where we can remember the sacrifice that is made, has been made by Jesus, your son. Lord Jesus, we thank you for what you have done for us. We thank you that we can have forgiveness of sin. We love you. We give you praise today. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Those who are serving can grab a seat. I'm going to... um, We've got just a little bit more time here together. And I would like to continue to think this morning with you about forgiveness. So if you have a Bible, take them and turn to Matthew chapter 18. Matthew chapter 18. We have about 15 minutes left in that time. I'd like to look at this passage If you don't have a Bible, there is a Bible in the pew rack in front of you. You're welcome to use that. I am, if you're on that, in that Bible, I'm on page 685. This is a passage that um, is pretty familiar. This is a passage that I have referenced before since I've been here in the last couple of years. But I really... As I was preparing this last week, I really believe that God told me to to use this passage today. And so with that, I am going to look at this passage again with you today. Matthew chapter 18, look at verse 21. Peter, then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother when he sins against me? Up to seven times? Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times, or seven times 70. Pause there. When when Peter comes to Jesus and says, Lord, how many times should we we forgive someone who sins against us? He, He suggests, how about seven times? Would seven times be a good number? 
That seems like that would be a good number. It seems like a biblical number. I'll suggest seven. The, the Jewish rabbis of the day said, you forgive someone three times and then no more. They're done. Three strikes, you're out. And, and so I really think that when Peter comes to Jesus and says, hey, how many times do I forgive someone who sins against me? Seven times? I think that he must have felt like I'm being really gracious here. And, and so I think that perhaps Peter must have been rather shocked when, when Jesus says, no, Peter, not seven times, seven times 70 and I can just picture, can't you just picture Peter trying to do the math and thinking maybe, I'm not a great mathematician, but 490, Jesus, you've got to be kidding me, 490 times? I'm supposed to forgive someone who sins against me 490 times? And I think there's this part of Jesus, I'm reading in between the lines here, Peter, don't keep track. Stop keeping track. Stop doing the math. The point is, continue to forgive. Now, drop down to verse 35 and see how this passage closes here. This is how my heavenly Father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother from your heart. Those are quite strong words, aren't they? This is how your heavenly father is going to treat you unless you forgive people from your heart. What is Jesus talking about here? There's a parable. I've invited Caspian to come up and read it for us this morning. And you can either just listen or you can follow along with him. Caspian. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. As this servant fell on his knees before him, be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him, canceled the debt, and let him go. But when that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, be patient with me, and I will pay it back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man throw into prison until he could pay off the debt. When the other servants saw what happened, they were outraged and went and told the master everything that had happened. Then the master called the servant in. You wicked servant, he said. I canceled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all that he owed. Thank you, Caspian. So I want you to take note of the characters in this parable that Jesus told. There's the king, first off. Then there's a servant, and then there's a servant, and then there's servants. Are you with me? There's a king, there's servant numero uno, there's servant number one, 
servant number two, and then there is a group of servants. I don't know how many of them we have in this, this case. It doesn't tell us. It just says servants, plural. Um, does it strike you as interesting that in this parable of this king, this king is both extremely merciful and yet also the one who sends the servant over, hands him over to the jailer at the end to be tortured? That's interesting, isn't it? Both merciful and just in an extreme way. I want you to note that as Jesus is telling us this, he says, the king is like your heavenly father, who is both extremely merciful, but lest we take advantage of that mercy, he is also a God who is just. And so if we have this idea that God is just love and mercy and would never punish anyone, I think we miss the parable here. Saying, hey, God is not just someone that you can go and take advantage of and live however you want and take advantage of his mercy. Yes, God is extremely merciful, but don't take advantage of that mercy. Notice the response of the king's servant. It's one of pleading. Servant number one comes to the king and he is pleading. He has this enormous debt. We're told Jesus said it was 10,000 talents. Now, I don't know the equivalent because it doesn't specify if it's gold or silver. But I do know this. The point is this servant owes more than what he could ever pay back. He's indebted, and he will be indebted for life. He can't do anything. Some have said it may have been like about $1.7 million would be the equivalent. It's just he was unable to pay this back, a debt so huge. And, and the king says, okay, because of that, we will put you in prison, and we will hold you there until you are able to pay this debt off, to which the servant Please, please, my king, don't do this to me. I have a wife and I have children. Don't do this to me. Please, may I just somehow work this off, but don't sell me. Don't, don't get rid of me. And the king's response to that was, huh. I'll do one better. I will wipe your debt clean. I will cancel it. I will completely erase the debt that you have. It's a huge debt. You can't pay it. I am going to forgive the debt. I'm going to erase it. This servant number one Did you notice when Caspian was reading, or if you were following along in your Bible, that the servant number one went and looked 
for servant number two? You know, isn't there this part of us that thinks, okay, if you have just been dealt with in an extremely generous and gracious way, isn't there this part of us that thinks, well, then you are going to extend the same thing to others? That's what we would naturally think. Maybe you thought, if I ever like won the lottery or had an enormous amount of money come to me, maybe through an inheritance, then I would be the most generous person. That's what we think. And yet, this person who has just received an enormous amount of generosity, the very first thing he does is he hunts down his servant who is under him, who owes him money. How much money did he owe? A hundred denarii. The equivalent of working for 100 days. In 100 days, it could be paid off. But this servant, who has just had perhaps $1.7 million of debt canceled, perhaps, goes to him, give me back my money. Give it back to me. And what's the response of servant number two? The exact same response to servant number one. He pleads with him. Please, be kind, my Lord. Please. I will do whatever it takes. I'll do whatever it takes. Just don't send me away. Don't send me to prison. Don't sell me off. I will do whatever it takes. And servant number one looks at him and says, off with you. I'm throwing you out. I'm done with you. We're done. That's not the end of the parable, is it? Jesus tells us that other servants heard this exchange of words. And they went to the king and they said, King, I think it's important that you know what's going on. I think it's important that you know what your servant is doing. You have been extremely kind and gracious to him. But he went and found his servant. And he is anything but kind and gracious. King, you need to know about this. And the king, we, were, we are told, was furious. Furious. And he called in the servant, servant number one, and said, what is this? I have been extremely gracious and kind and compassionate to you. I have forgiven your debt. I had great mercy on you. What is this I hear of you going to someone else, your servant, and demanding your money? Which would have been pennies in comparison to what he owed. What is this? And he said, I am turning you over. I turn you over to the jailer. And there you will be tortured until you can pay this back. 
Did you catch when this servant can pay it back? He can't pay it back. He cannot pay this back. This debt is far too big. I want you to see the mercy and the justice of God. Please hear loud and clear that God is extremely merciful. But for those who do not take God up on his mercy, we will be left to deal with his justice. God is a just God. How could God punish someone? That's a question we like to ask. How could God ever punish someone and send them to hell? Well, we need to understand that God is both merciful and just. These both are true of who God is. But the other thing that we need to see here is not just God's mercy and his justice, but we need to see that that we are called... To mercy. We are called to forgiveness. This table reminds us that we have been forgiven much. We have been forgiven much. So, who are we to not forgive others? Jesus wants to make that point very clear. You have been forgiven much. I have been forgiven much. There is this part of us that we, I think we lose perspective. Someone wrongs us. Someone irritates us. Someone says something to us and we don't like it. And, and we just, we grow bothered on the inside And we kind of just want them to receive punishment. I think we are like that servant number one. Give me back my money. I will make sure that you have justice done. Even though I have received extreme mercy and God is reminding us, you have received great mercy. Now go and be merciful to others. You have received great forgiveness, complete forgiveness. Now extend forgiveness to others. But in the church, are we guilty? Am I guilty of withholding forgiveness that I ought to be extending to other people? It is not mine to determine the justice of God. I will leave that with God. The Father is capable of taking care of that. It is my job to extend mercy. It is my job to extend forgiveness. So I ask you in closing, is there anyone in your life, maybe from this last week, where you just, you have a hard time releasing them? Maybe you would like to retaliate. Maybe you would like to get even. Or maybe secretly, you're not going to do it, but you're sure hoping that someone else does. This parable that Jesus taught us 
helps us understand. It gives us perspective. Whenever we get in that place, someone else has wronged me, we forget bigger perspective. I have wronged my Heavenly Father, but He has been merciful to me. And because He has been merciful to me, because He has forgiven me of all my sin, then who am I to let a hundred denarii get in the way. That's not my place. Do you need to extend forgiveness to someone today? In your heart, do that as we close this morning. Lord God, you have been gracious to extend forgiveness to us. Father, help our eyes not to fail in seeing how much we have been forgiven of. And yes, it's true that people will wrong us, people will hurt us. Father, as your children, ones who are recipients of your forgiveness, Father, may we desire to extend that forgiveness to others. If there is someone that we are having a really hard time at forgiving because they have wronged us in ways that just are really hard to get over, Lord, give us the grace. If we cannot just simply through praying get beyond this, perhaps we need to seek help. Perhaps we need to to seek uh, spiritual direction from someone we trust. Lord, you desire that we move beyond. Father, we love you. Pray that you are teaching us today. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Please stand.